Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Uh, I was... Uh, really thrilled to get invited to step in in Andrew's place. And of course, the first thing you say to yourself when you get in the situation, what is the thing I need to bring to the church that will help the church? And I've been meditating on this message for a long time. I don't think I've ever preached it this particular way before. Uh, he said to me, can I preach? I said, yeah, I'll probably bring out number three. Uh, number 15 is a good message. I've preached that several times, but this is this is what the Lord's given me. And so it's something beneficial. It's about worship. And uh, I wasn't always a worshipper. I grew up as a, a fairly uh, a socially awkward young man, uh, not very expressive. Uh, you might wonder about that now. You think, <laughs> whatever. Um, and so I had to come to worship from a standing start. And so I want to share some of the things from the Word of God that helped me uh, become a worshipper. And so can I encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, put it on your CV, your curriculum vitae. When people ask, what are you? Put up near the top, a worshipper. By the way, I want that on my tombstone, my headstone. Here lies John Scott, a worshipper of the true and living God. I just need to be known as that, nothing else, really, nothing in this world matters. I heard that recently. By the way, at the end, we're going to come back to that song. I'm going to invite the whole band up, and we're going to worship at the end of this. And I, I, I want you to do something that you've never done before, but I don't know what it is. I want you to listen to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit, and ask him, how do you get from where you are at the moment to the next step? How do you do that? And hopefully this is instructional as a message. Father, it's your word, and I'm yours. And we're yours, and we lean in to let the Spirit of God instruct us how to worship in ways that please you. In Jesus' name we ask. In John chapter 4, there's this incredible story, one of the best stories in the Bible, about Jesus encountering the woman at the well. Uh, He's going from point A to point B, and he's got to go through Samaria. The Jews often went around Samaria. Jews didn't like Samaritans. Samaritans didn't like Jews. The Samaritans weren't necessarily kosher. They weren't really pleasing God. Uh, They were sort of a mixed multitude. A lot of alternate worship happening there, etc. And uh, Jesus sends his disciples on, and he, he stays by a well, Jacob's well, and he encounters a woman. And uh, he offers her salvation. He offers her eternal life. If you drink of the water I'm giving you, Jesus said, uh, then you'll never thirst again. And uh, she was a woman. uh, He actually says to her, bring your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. And he said, well, you're correct. He wasn't putting her down, by the way. He said, you've had five husbands and the guy you're with at the moment is not your husband. And she just went. Uh, was it one of those gotcha moments? And it wasn't that he put he put her down. He said, I know where you're at. And he went to where she was to lift her up. But this next verse 
takes her way beyond that to a whole new level. Can I encourage you that this is the morning that the Lord wants to take you to a whole new level? And he says this in John chapter 4, verse 22. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. By the way, he's not putting it down. He's just stating it as it is. Here's the lift. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. The Father is looking for those that worship him that way. The Father is seeking those who worship. Yeah, some of us think it's that we need to be seeking God, but can I encourage you that if you learn to worship in spirit and in truth, he will seek you. I meet people and I've met people for over 50 years. It says, I just don't get it and God's not with me, etc. I said, have you considered worship? Oh, I'm not quite there yet, you know. I worship God when I get something, you know. When it, you know, If he answers my prayer, I might be, it doesn't work that way. If you start, if you learn to get the revelation to worship, it attracts the favour of God. And you find that instead of you following God, that God's following you, going before you. So Jesus calls this outsider this outcast, this non-Jew, into a place of worship. What, what got her attention? Was it the living water? I might have to come to this well anymore. I won't have to come out here in the midday by myself because nobody else wants me. Was it that or was it the invitation? The invitation which the Lord is offering to us this morning to come up higher and become a worshipper. And so we've got a newly minted, one of many people who is a pastor and or a prophet or an evangelist or something, but a worshipper. And uh, that defines us. And he's invited us, invitation into that, into that. She could say, uh, uh, we Samaritans are ethno-linguistically uh, unable to worship. You know, it's like our culture... Our, our language doesn't suit worship. Or she could have said, listen to this one, my personality type is not a worshipper. Now, if I had the personality of Tanya, for example, I'd be a worshipper because she's a worshipper. You know, it's like if I had that personality. But I'm me. I've got a different. It's not about your personality. It's about the revelation that you get of who he is. And interestingly, interestingly, uh, there are many things that you can't do that you say is not my personality, but guess what? The Lord, when he changes our heart, often changes our personality. You're still you, and you're not better than anybody else, but you're better than the old you. The different you, the new you, is a better you than the one that you want to be constricted to personality A, B, or C type. Because he changed my personality. You might think, well, I don't want to be that weird. Um, but he changed my person. He, you know, he, he released me out of me. I was locked in me. And worship gets me out of me. I'll come to that later on. Um, so I was challenged by this verse. And, of course, this is my testimony that it's not what I want to do, but what does the word say believers do? 
so that I can come become a true believer. So, by the way, Pastor Andrew says, simply believe, and so and that is true. It is simply believe. What he says, actually don't say that, you say simply follow. But what he means is simply believe. And because the simply follow morphs into simply believe. Believe, and then the simply believe morphs into simply worship because it's progressive onwards and upwards to another place. So I was reading, and this is, uh, this is a bit awkward when I read this to you. So in uh, Revelations chapter 5, uh, I read about what Christians do, what believers do. And I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders, and they sang, they sang a mighty chorus, worthy is the Lamb, that is Jesus the Messiah, the sinless substitutionary sacrifice for my sins and the sins of the world. I put that in there. Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and every creature on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang, blessing and honour and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. When I read that, I thought, that's my destiny. And am I prepared for it? Am I prepared for an eternity worshipping God? Because where I came from, that wasn't in my natural fit. By the way, I'd, I'd, I'd love to get there and I'd love you to get there. And as we look at these millions and millions of people, I go, psst, psst. see over in the fourth row and the 15th row back and about three miles back in the millions and millions, there's a woman from Samaria. And all the people, as you read in chapter four, that she brought to Jesus and won to Christ. There she is worshipping. She's not an outcast anymore. She's an insider. God's called you to be an insider, to be comfortably worshipping. I used to read in uh, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, uh, and they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is full with your glory. And originally, when I used to go to church and they were calling, Holy, 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 I was calling out, boring, boring, boring. It's like, when are they going to finish with the singy bit? It's like some people come after the singing, the community hymn singing. Because I want the word, but I don't like the singy bits. Because we haven't had a revelation of worship yet. What worship does for him, but also what worship does for us. I thought it was irrelevant, culturally archaic, and inappropriate for me, my personality type. So what is what is worship? This is the definition. It is the act of attributing reverent honour and homage to God. It's the act of attributing, of honouring God for who he is. Uh, in the New Testament, various words are used to refer to the term of worship, but one of them, proscunio, is to bow down before him. You know, the thing about bowing down, bowing down lifts him up, but humbles us. It's rare that arrogant people know how to worship. Worship includes humility, humility, not humiliation. There's two different words, humility. It is an act and a lifestyle 
I was worshipping the year before last, uh, doing two days of chemotherapy every month with my hands out in the day oncology ward as they pump poison into me, just worshipping God quietly. Oh, you can put your hands down there, Mr. Scott. No thanks, I'm worshipping. <laughs> you just do what you need to you know, you do what you need to do. I'll do what I need to do. It's interesting. It's interesting. When Andrew was born, which is 42 years ago, if you didn't know, but anyway, when he was born, <laughs> when he was born in hospital, the doctor came in and said, uh, the whatever they're called, gynecologist, whatever, birthing, obstetrician. Did they call him? Anyway, we won't go there. Anyway, obstetrician. Uh, said, what's your wife doing? I said, she's worshipping in labour. She's singing, she's singing, Jesus, how lovely you are, at the top of her voice as the pain was coming. I said, she's singing, Jesus, how lovely you are. I'm singing, come on, Ozzy, come on, come on. <laughs> True story. True story. Um, there's this... There's this verse in Luke which really challenges me. Then as Jesus was drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called out to Jesus from the crowd, Teacher, shut them down, rebuke your disciples. They're making a scene. And sometimes when you worship, people go, Psst, keep it quiet. Worship quietly. And Jesus answered and said to them, I tell you that if these disciples of mine were to keep silent, the stones would cry out to me. Another story, a leper came to Jesus and worshipped, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. A leper comes before he's, before he's healed and worships. And I got to thinking, I'm not going to let things, stones or rocks or trees, worship in my place. And if a leper can do it who's not yet healed, then I can do it. And I will do it with all of my heart. I will worship him because he is Worthy, if nothing less. And so, uh, what's the difference between praise and worship? Uh, praise is usually presented as high-spirited, joyful, and uninhibited. Are we allowed to do that? Joyful, high-spirited, uninhibited? I, I learned to dance. Uh, you know, I don't know with you. It's called the Pentecostal three-step. I learned to dance. <laughs> I learned to dance between two large pastors on the sprung floor at the Katoomba Bible College, which was they bought an old uh, resort, and they had a dance floor. And the, and the dance floor was sprung, and they were dancing like this. They were big guys. And I was in the middle, and the whole floor was going like this. And then I, anyway, I, once you start, you know, it's like, and in the right environment, you'll see me dance. And I was saying to Ben, that if you've ever seen uh, Snoopy and Charlie Brown on top of the kennel and he's dancing like this, that's me when the Spirit of God comes on me. It's like, I don't care what people think. 
If you've never seen that, ask Ben. He's got the whole series. He's got the whole setup. Whereas worship is unlike praise, worship goes deeper. Praise stems from recognizing the good acts of God, but worship comes from recognizing his attributes and character. He is worthy. Whether he does anything or not that I can praise him for, I worship him for who he is. And so if I'm in the middle of something where nothing's going right, he hasn't changed. I will worship him. He's worthy of that. There's a pattern in uh, Psalm 100. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. You start with thanksgiving. I will go into his courts with praise. I'll give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. In other words, worshipping for his attributes. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues from generation to generation. Um, I'd like to give you just a couple of verses from Scripture, about six, that inspired me to put actions to my worship. And it's interesting, sometimes you've got to do the actions before your heart gets into it. Sometimes you've got to, you, you know, for example, listen to this, I'm not a body with a spirit, I'm a spirit with a body. So my body's not going to tell me how to worship, I'm going to tell my body how to worship. My spirit informs my soul, and my soul informs my body. Uh, David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So these are some of the things that I had a revelation of. In Psalm 35, 18, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Yes, you can do it privately and you can do it at home, but there is a whole thing called the assembly. I will give him praise in the assembly. And so the great assembly, by the way, is the great assembly, the one that's coming. I will praise you among many people, among many people, not on the side of many people, among many people. Uh, Psalm 100, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. There's an invitation. Joyful. That, I love the one, make a joyful noise unto the Lord because many of you are not that good at singing. And when you're in church with a mask on, it doesn't matter. They don't know whether you're singing or not. So long as you tap your foot and you can tell all the country and Western people. It's like, but begin to move. Begin to. And by the way, when you move in praise and worship, you can stand longer. It's like, what's, what's with this? What's this all about? Gets, gets the circulation going. You can, you can go longer than just standing there. It's like, you can sit down. I can't. My legs are frozen. It's like, they put a chair under you. Clap your hands, O you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. The people call me a happy clapper. I say, yes. Did you notice the happy <laughs> clapper? You know, it's like, I love the Lord. I just rejoice in the Lord. Ezra, that was Psalm 37.1. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, amen, amen, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Uh, New Testament, Paul says to Timothy, men should always lift holy hands and pray to the Lord. It's part of worship. 
Psalm 149.3. Let them praise his name in the dance, strike up the band and make great music. And why? Because the Lord delights in his people, adorns plain folk with salvation garlands. Dance before the Lord because he delights in us. It's like, wow, he loves me. Well, he loves me. He loves me. Why wouldn't I worship him? Okay. We're going to get ready to come back to worship in a couple of minutes, but I'm going to just run through some quick things. What does worship do for me and what does worship do for you? It gives the Lord what he deserves. Blessing and honour and glory and power belongs to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. God the Father, God the Son, receive what is due to them. Oh, give to the Lord what is due to him. We owe worship to him. He demands it and desires it, but not in a harsh sense. It comes out of our revelation, not out of being forced. By the way, worship is what we were born to do and what we will do eternally. Uh, if you're Presbyterian and you have read the Westminster Confession, Catechism, about faith, it says, what is the chief aim of man? What is, what is the end? What, what are we here for? And it says the chief aim of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. People say to me, you know, what's the will of God for my life? You know, I, could you, I'm, I'm praying about the will of God for my life. Well, worshipping God is one of them. And it could be the key to the door to open the others. Number two, we're born to do it. Number three, it teaches me to make Jesus the center of my life. Uh, what a revelation. When I, when I found out I'm not the center of my life, uh, very ugly, very ugly. When I'm center of my life, it's like it's never, they're not going to end well. It's going to end with tears. It's not about me. And when I go down to lift him up, everything makes sense. As a matter of fact, Psalm 73 says I was stressed and had these headaches and I was worried and it didn't make any sense until I came into the house of the Lord to worship. By the way, if you're in that place right now that you're facing something that's just not making any sense, that's overwhelming you, the answer is don't confront it. Go to worship. Get a new perspective. Put the Lord in his place. And everything else will fall into place as well. Number four, it releases God's presence and power to save, to heal, and to work miracles. He's enthroned on the praises of his people. He's enthroned. He's, he's, when you start to worship. Uh, Catherine and I were preaching uh, at Marsden Park in Campbelltown one Sunday afternoon, uh, as we used to do. Like, she used to... She used to stand back a bit and me and some other radicals would preach. And then while I'm doing that, a girl that we went to school with 15 years before who had been a believer but had terribly backslidden walked across the park and we went, what are you doing here? She said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm preaching, obviously. 
And anyway, we connected, and she, and she came to church that night. In the second song, in the second part of the worship, she wept her way back to Jesus. Who did that? He did that. We worshipped the Lord, and he brought her back to himself. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Keep doing it, Lord. By the way, that's your invitation to partner with God to see people's lives changed. You just keep worshipping. Do it authentically. Uh, do it according to your personality type, which is being changed to his personality type. And see what he'll do. Press in. When the worship leaders go, press in, it means lean forward, go up to another level. You can go up slowly if you want to. Just so long as you go up, you know, it's like I'm going to another level. Invitation. Um, it places me in the position to be filled with the Spirit and to be led by the Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin you, but be filled with the Spirit. Speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord. If you want to get baptized in the Spirit, can I encourage you, learn to worship. It's like, do I worship because I'm baptized in the Spirit or do I get baptized in the Spirit because I worship? Do I? All of, all of that. All of that, one, two, two, one, one, two. As, as you press in, God will do what he's going to do. If you give yourself to him, it'll open floodgates and you'll find that the presence of the God is more real and you'll find one day that uh, you just begin to worship perhaps and sing in another language, speak in another language, which is the experience of many people in this room. Three more, quickly. It gives me mental and emotional strength and stability. It's good for my mental health to worship. People say to me, get lost. I say I will. I'll get lost in worship. I don't care if they tell me to get lost. It's like, thank you. It's like invitation. Get lost in worship. He's not here. He's in worship. It gives me emotional intelligence. You know, you've got IQ, uh, whatever that means, intelligence quotient, whatever it is. You know, how smart you are, but are you smart emotionally? Worship will help you to be smart emotionally. And if you are gentle towards him, you'll be gentle towards other people. Not too sure whether you're one of those bosses that worship the Lord and then the people who work for you, you just give them a mouthful and blaspheme and, and, and swear and carry on because they're incompatible. The more you worship, the other stuff should go. Emotionally intelligent. And it helps and releases my leadership gift. If I'm standing there in the presence of God with my hands raised, and I've eventually learned not to care what you think about me and only what he thinks because I want to please him, that puts me in a mindset to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might so that when I'm in a workplace or I'm confronted by somebody who say that they don't like me and they've never liked me and they this, that, etc., in my mind I go, that doesn't worry me because he loves me. And we're going to cut you off, I, so I don't mind that because I'm connected to the Lord. 
and we're going to freeze you out. It's okay, I've got a warm reception to God. I'm emotionally secure and emotionally intelligent. And so somebody rings, you know, you go into an office or something, and uh, so what have you got to say for yourself? Excuse me for a minute. Just let me think that. I'm not thinking at all. I'm just worshipping. <laughs> it's like, hang on a minute. Praise God. Catherine and I, I, I tell you this every time we get up. Catherine and I ask each other all day, every day, this morning, what song are you singing? And it'll always be a worship service. That's why when I used to think, uh, boring, 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 waste of time, waste of effort, it's not actually because the repetition of the songs get into your spirit. And they become the anthem, not, not the other one, you know, the country music, born to lose and now I'm losing you. You know, it's like, you know, the dog left, the ute left, the car left. You know, it's like, you know, that's, you, you, you don't want to be listening to that if you want to be emotionally stable. You want to be listening to something that lifts you up. Finally, as the band comes back, please, as the band comes back, worship is satisfying and an appropriate thing to do. It's not boring anymore. I'm looking forward to being in the presence of the Lord. What a privilege that he might invite me in with his people to give him what is due to him. So we're going to worship, and you're going to worship a little bit different than you've done before, but I've got no idea what that means. Um, All I want to encourage you to do is just go that little bit further. If you're a person that worships like this, can I suggest this? You're pressing in. If you've been like this, can I suggest? Nobody's watching, and if they do, it doesn't matter. Learn to get over that. What will people think about me? John, they don't even know you exist. (laughs) Why are we worried about what people think? What does he think about me? What does he... I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm here to impress him from the heart. I'm here to please him. Andrew shared the scripture. Find out what pleases the Lord. This is part of it. Would you stand please with me? Jesus, you're the center of my life. Sing it from the... Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.